welcome to the LCS Health Services Division podcast. I'm your host for today, Tony Galvan, Director of Health and Wellness for Life Care Services. And uh, with me today is Emily Davenport. Emily is the Director of Fitness Management for the National Institute uh, for Fitness and Sport, um, also known as NIFS. How's it going today, Emily? Doing well. Thanks, Tony. So, um, This is something that um, you and I, Emily, have really been talking about for for a bit now. Um, You know, the idea of being able to connect and to um, really, as part of our already existing um, LCS podcast, be able to have a specific kind of NIFS LCS um, spinoff episode series. It's something that, as we've thought about just sort of our partnership uh, and, and, and our relationship organizationally, that that just kind of makes sense to do. So so this is um, an episode series. Um, as I think about you know 2020, um, that I'm, I'm just incredibly excited about. Um, I'm so happy that we're kind of able to do this uh, and and to be able to you know do programming updates, share best practices. Um, you know there's there's just so much that we can talk about um, as a part of this episode series that impacts not only the communities um, you know that that we work with um, mutually um, but also even from a larger industry um, standpoint so um, I don't know about you but I'm, I'm really I'm excited about this likewise and I, I agree it's just a natural fit let's share some best practices let's let's share some messaging about what our on-site staff are experiencing in your communities and both from a programming but also an operation standpoint to to really spread that message on how we can engage residents and really try to improve that quality of life. I, I think that's that's so spot on. And kind of the direction that I wanted to take um, with this with this kickoff episode, um, you know, our our LCS Health Services Division podcast, as, as you just heard me kind of introduced um, over over the last couple of years that we've had this this platform. We've covered a variety of topics. Um, you know, I'm not the only one that hosts some of these. You know, we do a lot with, you know, the regulatory environment, compliance, policy uh, from a public standpoint, um, post-acute strategies. Um, we get into the weeds with clinical um, operations as well. And, and I've kind of addressed things from a, from a health and wellness perspective. So, so where I thought we would start, um, you know, for people that maybe are first-time listeners uh, or, or maybe have known of our podcast but haven't really checked it out, and this might be... Um, a topic or an area that just is more meaningful or maybe resonates more. And so, you know, they, they might want to go ahead and check it out. So what I thought what, what we would do is, is maybe just start with each of us individually, um, Emily, and just spend a little bit of time um, talking just about our background, who we are, what we do. Uh, I think from there, that maybe segues kind of organizationally to, to, to kind of what we do. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, and I'll kick that off. And and so um, just just briefly, um, again, I don't want to take anything for granted here, but but LCS, Life Care Services as an organization, you know, provides um, management services, um, you know, to um, you know, over 130 communities a- across the nation. And, and I specifically, from a health and wellness perspective, I work closely with community life services directors, life enrichment folks, um, those that do more on, of the resident services, um, what we call health and wellness navigation as well. And, and so I partner with these communities. I work directly with these um, staff uh, individuals uh, as a way of getting our, our signature branded wellness programming implemented. So um, that, that's kind of a little bit of, of, of what I do with them. And, you know, been in the industry now for a bit. Uh, I have worked at the community level. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just been exciting for me to, you know, continue to be a part of the industry and, and more and more um, doing um, work uh, from a technology perspective as well. That's something that, that I've been involved in, you know, the last few years in particular um, as it relates to, you know, to what LCS is up to. So just a little bit about myself. Emily, do you, do you want to just give a, a quick background on yourself? Sure. So NIFS stands for the National Institute for Fitness and Sport. We're headquartered in Indianapolis, Indiana, and we provide fitness management services both for corporations or businesses that put on-site fitness centers in for their employees, but also in senior living. And we've been very fortunate to partner with LCS over the past 15 years in exploring how a qualified staffing model on the ground in fitness centers and senior living communities really helps capture resident engagement and bring it to a new level versus communities that build fitness centers and perhaps have some group fitness instructors who come in during the week or a personal trainer who does some orientations the, the partnership with NIFS and the, the LCS communities we serve and other senior living groups as well really creates an opportunity to maximize resident engagement and get folks involved who have never exercised a day before in their life. And it's through unique programming spanning from brain fitness to holistic offerings to recreation programs to robust group fitness schedules to our individualized service model, doing fitness assessments with residents and learning about where they are for their age and gender in the various components of fitness, as well as developing those individualized exercise programs for residents. So they know that the path that they are on in an exercise program is safe and effective for their needs. And, you know, we've certainly learned over the years that communities who build fitness centers for their residents, it's it's not an if you build it, they will come proposition. You really need that dedicated, qualified staff to reach the the masses. You know, your your vocal minority of residents within a community will always communicate what they want in classes and particularly with those avid exercisers. And while their voices are certainly valuable and help us shape the programs, we also have many best practices and lessons learned on how to reach more residents, perhaps folks who are less experienced, who have barriers to exercise, and helping to break those down. And all in all, while we're partnering with community personnel, with the community life services and enrichment folks, with the therapy and rehab teams, with the healthcare navigators, um, it's it's a fluid partnership, and you know we we integrate seamlessly that way because it, it is all integrated. Um, you you can't service the residents in one capacity without having that collaboration and understanding from those other folks on the interdisciplinary team. So, um, you know, we've been doing this work for over 30 years, really found our footing and have springboarded in the senior living market in the past 15 and um, are, are really looking forward to this podcast opportunity to share those experiences that we've had. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that that is one of the things that I was going to kind of ask you about is, is how long has it been? And so it's, it's interesting hearing you say, um, again, NIFS as an organization, getting into the senior living space, again, really the last 15 years. 
and even going back to your relationship with LCS in particular, being over the last um, 15 years. And, you know, um, that, that that does predate me a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure if it predates you specifically, but I, you know, I remember as I kind of made the transition from working at the community level um, to start starting to do some work corporately um, with, with LCS and, and then certainly now. Um, you know, one of my first introductions um, was was absolutely to, to, to NIFS. I remember, you know, taking a trip down to Indy. Um, I'm, I'm out of Chicago, so it wasn't too bad. A um, few hours uh, of a drive and just, just meeting with you and the leadership at the time and, you know, just, just kind of understanding what you guys did. And I think immediately... I just sort of um, really appreciated the value um, that you were bringing, um, not only with with the core services um, that that you provide, and, and and I do want to get into those here in just a second, but um, just with your with your willingness to partner and your willingness to, you know, making sure that it was a collaborative um, approach, um, not only at the community level, um, like you just talked about with all of those different disciplines and departments and areas, but um, also corporately uh, as well, and, and and how can some of these things align. And so, um, you know, when I think about the last decade in particular and just the evolution of wellness within our communities, um, the importance um, that that's been given, uh, again, organizationally from an industry standpoint, and that obviously being driven by what the consumer wants, right? I don't think it would be as relevant or as significant if we didn't see, um, you know, the, the prospective residents themselves, um, you know, the adult children that are a part of that decision-making process, um, ask the questions or think about, you know, what, tell me what you have to offer uh, from a health and wellness standpoint. And, and um, one of the things also that I greatly appreciate about your organization and, and, and the team of um, NIFS fitness managers and directors that, that um, you know, that, that you all um, bring to our communities is um, kind of the, the, the broad stroke that you guys um, kind of paint with. And while it, you know, your core is with the fitness side of things and sort of that, you know, physical exercise component. I mean, you brought this up with, with the partnership side of things. There, there's just always been that, that greater appreciation for how does this impact, um, again, a resident's overall well-being, um, a resident's overall satisfaction um, with, with living at the community. So um, would you sort of agree with that as you've seen the industry evolve and kind of the importance that's been placed on fitness, fitness programming, wellness expertise, and, and kind of where do you see that going? Oh, completely. Um, you know, when we first started the partnership with, with LCS and working with some of your early communities, you know, the the, the industry has evolved in that, you know, LCS was quite a trailblazer in having fitness centers and having that qualified staffing on the ground to support their residents. And as we were attending trade shows and hearing from other communities, we've often heard, well, that's in our three-year plan. That's in our five-year plan. Well, here we are 15 years later, and nearly everyone has a fitness center anymore. And so to be a differentiator in the marketplace, it's not enough to just have a fitness center. You really need those quality programs and services to message your community's emphasis and um, commitment to supporting resident well-being. And we've even seen that in the way our staff's roles at the community have evolved. So many times we will start out as a fitness manager for a community. And through those experiences collaborating with that interdisciplinary team in the community, we end up 
with, as you mentioned, kind of that broad stroke of programming and reach. And so residents start to see us and the community personnel start to see us in a different light in that we're not just fitness professionals, fitness buffs. We have the resident as a whole in mind when we're programming and hearing about their personal circumstances. And so many of our staff have transitioned into a wellness coordinator role where much of their programming is focused on that holistic element, really touching on those seven dimensions of wellness, which I know are um, a, a strong focus in the work that you do supporting communities. And um, the, the end result is so wonderful to see because our staff are outside the four walls of the fitness center and they're doing programming on different educational health topics, fall prevention programming, recreation programs. Um, some of the most creative ideas are born in the communities and because we're outside the four walls of the fitness center, our wellness coordinators and our fitness staff are building relationships with residents on subject matter and interests that are personal to them. And all of a sudden, we're bridging relationships where they start to come into the fitness center to see us. And while they might not have walked in the fitness center on their own, all of a sudden they had a positive interaction with our fitness manager in Connecticut at an event that was hosted in the auditorium or in the dining room. And they recognized that, you know what, she she really has my best interest and my needs at heart. I'm going to go have a conversation with her in the fitness center. And when that happens, when we start programming in that way, we see participation in the fitness center increase. We gain more residents becoming members of the fitness center. We have different, a higher number of different users per month in the fitness center. And our overall visits in a month increases as a result. And I think that's really uh, another wave that we're seeing in the industry where the, the quality of the staff makes a difference. And Many communities have really strong group fitness programs, and they might have a handful of group fitness instructors who come in. They might have a personal trainer who's in a couple of times a week to provide that one-on-one -on -one service and do some orientations. But that missing link in really building that connection for residents is that strongly qualified staff person, and all of our staff come with those four-year health-related degrees. Many have master's degrees, multiple industry-related certifications, and as a result, they have the expertise to program the way we do and to build those relationships and connections with residents. So I fully anticipate that trend continuing in communities recognizing that they need that person at the forefront to really champion fitness and wellness for their residents and being that voice and leader for their community. Yeah. And, and, you know, I can't, again, when I think about how communities market and advertise themselves and whether it's, you know, specific senior living organizations, certainly we do it uh, from an LCS perspective. And when it, what it boils down to, again, when you think about mission statements or vision statements or taglines or, you know, what you see on websites or collateral pieces and, and how communities are, um, you know, supposedly making the case for here's why you want to choose us. Um, inevitably, uh, I can't think of, a, of an instance or a time that it doesn't boil down to 
delivering on some sort of a lifestyle promise, delivering on some sort of a health wellness based experience. There's just always that that um, mention. Uh, and by the way, across levels of care, like, like I, we see that in AL memory cares, we see that in long-term care, skilled nursing and in short-term rehab, that, that sort of, again, advertising, marketing message, um, I, I just feel has always been there and never has it been as important um, or as meaningful, again, kind of going back to what I said about the consumer expectation um, as it is now. Um, and, and to your point, um, it's only going to continue um, to be to be more and more relevant. So when I when I consider, you know, whether it's new communities opening up, whether it's communities that have been open for a while, and you know, all of the departments and all of the operational areas that that communities think about, and whether it's dining or plant operations or environmental services or sales and marketing, and certainly community life and kind of that resident services piece and then fitness traditionally being a subset of that right where where they consider what are we going to be what are we going to do in this area what are we going to how are we going to make sure that not only is it impactful but that we are able to really look back and say you know we feel confident about the difference that that again, department or sub-department is kind of doing, and we know that it's driven by the person and their expertise and their partnership with some of these other um, kind of areas. So again, I think in as it relates to, to NIFS and, and what you guys do, um, never has there been a more relevant time, uh, you know, for communities to consider that, you know, not, not only checking the box as far as, you know, we know that we need to staff someone, you know, and we have a couple of paths that we could, that we could go down, A, figure it out on our own, uh, you know, and hope that we sort of get the, you know, get the right person there, or B, you know, go down a path where, you know, here's this group that, that this is what you do, um, and, and you've been doing it for a while, and um, I, I'm willing to bet that there are still more um, organizations um, and communities that probably don't know that this type of service even exists. Just to be quite, you know, quite honest, uh, unless you're really in it and and uh, you know you've learned from others, or maybe you've been at a organization. Because I know even for LCS, you're you, you certainly probably have this number more available. You know, at a few dozen of our communities, um, you know, providing some of those services in some in some capacity. So that that's how people come to learn about it. But uh, I, I can't think of a of an area that again, is as significant to make sure that you have that expertise and experience than, than fitness management. Um, so Emily, while, while, and you've sort of gotten into this, and I, and I did want to outline this again, just because as we set the tone for this episode series, I, I think it's important, you know, again, not only you and sort of your background and expertise and where you're coming from, but I envision us continuing to connect the dots with, with sort of NIF services, if you will. So given that this is our, our kickoff um, episode, and you started to talk about some of those services with the people, but if you could provide just a few bullets, um, again, when I think about the traditional services, and if somebody were to open up a you know NIFS brochure or go to your website and if you could just outline you know these the services that NIFS offers I think that that would be helpful to the listeners. Sure so our service menu I think is best explained under three main branches. The first are those individualized services so we're really looking at the individual resident performing that fitness assessment. It's a comprehensive fitness evaluation, also looking at their balance and mobility. And from that information, we're able to tell a resident how they fare for their age and gender in their upper and lower body strength, in their aerobic endurance, et cetera. And that really aids us in coming up with an 
exercise program or directing them to the exercise classes that will best meet their needs and help them achieve their goals. And so that that individualized model is often a great stepping stone for someone who is perhaps inexperienced with exercise, who might have some intimidation because it's um, more catered to and in one-on-one with the staff. So it's really kind of guiding them with individualized one-on-one appointments in their first handful of visits, performing that assessment and then guiding them through making sure they're comfortable on the exercise equipment and how to perform the exercises in their individual plan. Um, In addition, all residents um, who join the program get a generalized fitness center orientation. It's It's a tour of the facility, an overview of the programs and services that are available to them. And then that is the, the the essence of the the individualized services, kind of that first arm of the program. The second arm of the program is group fitness. So as I mentioned earlier, oftentimes the vocal minority at a community will dictate or help drive the direction of the the formats and types of exercise classes that end up on that schedule, and. They are often the ones who are the most frequent attenders, and sometimes residents who aren't less experienced with exercise are intimidated to kind of infiltrate that core group. And as a result um, of that vocal minority often helping to shape the calendar, there might not be great solutions for residents who need seated exercise, who need a level two balance class, who need to work on their upper and lower body strength. And so as we develop a group fitness calendar for communities, we're providing options for all residents. So if we sit down with anyone we have a class option on that schedule that meets their needs and they don't feel like they're having to do all the modifications to make it work for them, either up or down. There are classes through the course of the week that are accommodating to all residents. And, you know, that choice option is becoming more and more important in those lifestyle offerings. So residents feel that catered approach. Um, and, and group fitness is just huge anyway because of that socialization element. It's fun. They're extra exercising with their neighbors. It has that accountability element. And we really try to nourish that in the formats that we create and um, the environments that our staff create for the residents in those classes. And then that third pillar of our service model is our programming. So our staff develop annual program planning calendars of the types of incentives, exercise challenges, recreation programs, brain fitness offerings, some employee wellness offerings. Um, You know, right now we have a we bowling virtual league happening at eight communities with 25 different teams across the country. And so we love those opportunities to connect residents across multiple communities as well. And, you know, those different program offerings that we do once again, reach the different levels of interest. It keeps exercise fresh. It helps show residents that 
exercise isn't all about coming in and walking on the treadmill. It's finding fun ways to move your body, whether that's an exercise class, whether that's showing up to wee bowling, whether that's going to a cornhole tournament, um, whether that's going on one of our active adventure walks where we regularly are taking residents off campus to hire to hike through local parks or botanical gardens or whatever regional um, opportunities a community might have, and making exercise fun, keeping it fresh. I don't care if you're 85 or 35, you have to keep your exercise routine fresh or you get in a rut and it's not fun and you don't want to do it. And so finding those creative ways to inspire residents through that monthly programming and these types of offerings are happening monthly, sometimes overlapping, once again, creating those choices for residents is really important. And and one of the things that I've always felt, um, again, over the, you know, decade or so um, that, that we've been working together is um, the, the strategy behind it. Um, so, so again, hearing you talk about those examples and the services and sort of the uh, um, kind of the more formal, you know, the screenings, the orientation, the equipment walkthroughs, um, the group fitness um, schedules, but then even, um, I don't know if informal is the right word, but some of those like supplemental programs, some of those incentive, resident motivation, comp- competitive, uh, you know, um, events or programs that, that you guys might do. And, you know, t- to me, um, yes, in and of themselves, it's good to have those. But the fact that they're being curated, uh, strategized, developed, supported, um, you know, from, from people like you and, and some of your assistant directors, um, I think that's key um, in terms of that, that you know, NIFS fitness manager feeling, feeling supportive. Because again, otherwise, um, as communities sort of do this on their own, you know, one off or, or, or case by case, um, they're relying solely on, you know, what that one person might feel makes sense and because that person is, um, you know, inevitably pulled in a few different directions. Again, fitness just organically, um, because of, as I said earlier, it's part of the community's brand and mission to deliver on a um, positive and amazing lifestyle. It's not uncommon to see these folks sort of get, you know, um, pulled in a few different directions. And so um, as they're just trying to go about their daily tasks and, and, and their weekly goals and, and, and kind of the annual plan, if you will, um, I can't say enough about how important it is to have that higher level support and whether it's providing the tools, the templates, the resources, the, um, the structure um, so that it's as plug and play as possible. That's only going to help them focus more on the time with the resident. Um, again, some of those greater partnerships, and I have to worry about. I have to come up with a spreadsheet for this, or I have to come up with a um, tracking tool, or a um, you know flyer template to promote this, or a exercise card to help support this or that, or whatever it might be. So I, I feel like uh, um, there's there's just incredible value behind that that higher level support. Well, and that consistency piece is what we have been or what we have found to be key. You know, there have been many communities where we've started our fitness management services and we've hired on the community's previous or their own staff member as our own. And oftentimes when they get connected to our resources and a group of peers who are doing this work across the country and they're learning about our best practice programs, they will tell me, you know, I've done 
a little bit of this. I've done a senior fitness test once or twice a year. I've done, you know, a, a program around active aging week, but I, you know, that was four months ago. I haven't done anything since. And when they're connected to our resources and the, the methodology as to how we program and plan and, um, you know, set goals for those programs that are targeting our membership and targeting our total visits. Um, they are so grateful in how it allows them to be consistent. Whereas if they feel like they're on an island and not connected to those resources, it's just really difficult to do on your own and to have that creative flow of ideas coming into a community. Um, and so we we love hearing from those staff members that we bring onto our team um, and, and how they recognize that value piece. Yeah. And, and Emily, when I think about, again, kind of the last year, uh, and you and I have the opportunity to, you know, we, we talk relatively frequently on the phone and, and we, we try our best to have our in-person meetings whenever we can. Again, Chicago Indy isn't that far, but, you know, um, there's just always stuff that, that kind of comes up. So I, I, uh, I wish we had the opportunity to meet more, more frequently in, uh, in, in person. But, but when you and I have had updates, again, over the last couple of years in particular, I think what I remain um, impressed about is... Uh, you know, how you guys just continue to evolve. And you hear me talk a lot about, you know, that that sort of marketing, sales, advertising, value proposition, um, differentiation um, component. And, 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 and we don't lose sight of that. And I know, I know you don't lose sight of that either. And so um, in addition to some of those like traditional services um, that, that you outlined, when you think about, you know, kind of the, the, the next steps or future direction, or even some of like the latest and greatest, I know that, that you guys have all also had that appreciation for um, leveraging what you do, how you do it to make sure that communities are able to message that in a way that that again just continues to heighten and elevate the their, their value so um what what are some of those kind of latest and greatest um you know directions or or tools um that you guys are looking to kind of develop i know you've rolled out some of those recently and how does that tie into that that kind of sales and marketing promotional support if you will sure so Last year, we surveyed clients. We were seeing more and more of our staff supporting the social media efforts of our clients, whether they were going live in their fitness center, taking pictures in special events and programs that they were running, and helping to provide their client contacts in their marketing and sales teams with images and talking points about their program. And we surveyed our clients last year and said, hey, we're seeing more and more of this happening would it be helpful if we provided you something more comprehensive and packaged as to how you can take those success stories and happenings from your fitness center and have those spotlights to share during prospect tours and on social media, et cetera. And so we've developed new tools that rolled out last month um, at the first of the or this month for the first of the year and will be updated monthly where we're regularly feeding content and images and updates to our clients about what's happening in their fitness center and making it digestible so that it's an easy click, copy, paste to their social media page. Here's an image. Um, here's some statistics about your program. Here is a member testimonial that we received from a resident or their adult child because our staff are often working very closely with the adult children who are regularly popping into the fitness center and checking in on how mom and dad are doing. So that marketing and sales piece and making sure that we're bridging 
the positive stories and messages that are happening in these fitness centers every day and, and getting that information in the right hands. It's um, often a, the, the biggest challenge is it's not that these things aren't happening. We all know they're happening day in and day out in communities. But how do we bridge that information over to the marketing and sales teams and the folks who can really benefit that in creating that differentiation and value message in the work they're doing on the marketing and sales side? Well, and, and again, I, I can't stress enough the importance of the strategy and structure behind that because it's not uncommon for communities to do that. They're always leveraging and thinking about what program can we highlight this month or what's going on, you know, in fitness, what's going on in community life, what's going on in, again, whatever it might be. And let's use that um, on our social media. Let's use that on our website. You know, let's sort of, you know, but they, but they almost have to hunt for it or seek it out. And again, that consistency, the timeliness, um, how they go about grabbing and procuring that information isn't always there. So that that sort of um, overlay that you guys provide as a way of making it available, easy to access, and again, I sort of use the term plug and play, that just makes it that much more convenient and even realistic um, that it's going to happen. You know, sometimes we're, we're sort of, we don't do things because of the amount of time that it takes to kind of package it and bring it all together. Um, but you guys are providing that, again, that, that packaging, if you will, and again, making it as simple as possible to sort of, to sort of plug that in. So, uh, well, that's, that, that's great to hear. Again, I've always appreciated that, um, you know, sort of the, the innovation and, you know, let's, let's continue to branch out outside of our core competencies and, and see what else we can do to support communities. Cause again, you guys do, um, want to be a part of that sort of bigger picture and you want to impact what needs impacting. So, um, I think that, that, that's awesome. Um, as we look to close here, Emily, um, I, I just kind of want to say here, I'm, I'm so excited, as I said at the beginning, about what this um, episode series holds. Um, you know, I think us even talking about the sales and marketing side does queue up um, what our second episode is going to be about. I know we want to dive a lot deeper into, you know, social media and blogging, and we're going to have um, one of your colleagues um, join us for that as well. So I'm excited about that. So I, I feel like um, our episodes here are going to be certainly talking about some of, you know, what you all as NIFs are bringing to the table. But I think uh, I'm also looking forward to just even at a higher level, um, dialoguing with you um, episode in and episode out on, on just conceptually, um, you know, some of these things and whether we talk about things like technology or brain fitness or fall prevention or just sort of the space as a whole. Uh, I think that's what our listeners can look forward to. It's, it's, it's going to be the we'll get into the weeds a little bit with some of these specific best practices, but then we'll also kind of keep it high level enough and and sort of indulge in those broader topics as well. Would you agree with that? Oh, completely. And I think the the subject matter that we've outlined for this series will translate so well to communities that perhaps they already have their on-site fitness staff. They have that champion for their program, but maybe they are a little bit in that silo. This series will be a great way to enrich their mindset and expose them to some perhaps some new concepts to enhance what they're doing. Or if your community is just really kind of budding out, looking to expand, this might give some insight on um, just all the potential that is out there and helping them prioritize where they want to dedicate their time and resources as they get their programs off the ground. So we're really excited about this too, Tony, and appreciate the opportunity. 
Well, um, Emily, thanks again uh, for your time. So um, also thank you to to our listeners and stay tuned for more uh, upcoming episodes with this LCS NIFS episode series. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Tony. Legal disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.